Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, you are listening to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left radio show. I am Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. Bit of an awkward one this week, Steve, wasn't it? I think that's mainly my fault. I don't know what's happened. Uh, I mean, Dexter's playing Ghost Recon in the house. So maybe he's using all of the internet on on that. Um, but there were times there I had no, absolutely no idea whether you were speaking or not. <laughs> really? Okay, sorry. I well, I think it may have you know been fitting because today I felt like I was I was saying quite a lot just because I had quite a lot on my mind. I you know I I was very grateful. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I was like, please, 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 when this comes back, can he still be talking? Normally, I'm the opposite, but yeah, of course. There we go. Um, um, yeah, so we packed a lot in. I, one thing I, I forgot to mention on the show was uh, I was in, you know, as, as mentioned, I was travelling. It was my first uh, trip with a, as a Steam Deck owner. Ooh, how was that? And how was the battery life? Uh, I bought a power pack. It was a short haul flight, so it wasn't too bad, actually. But I did have a new uh, battery pack. There's a new brand, actually, uh, that people recommend. Not Anchor anymore, Steen. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I forget what it is. In, Inwi or something like that. Anyway, um, I'll put an affiliate link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> uh, but what was good about it was, I so um, Ramona was on the window seat. Kate was in the middle seat. I was on the aisle seat. Small plane. Lots of people getting up and coming back. I got some looks. Did you? Huh? Huh? How can... You're playing Deathloop. Above the skies. How can that be possible? <laughs> yes, we've got a Steam Deck. Thanks very much. No, it's good. Um, yeah, made uh, made made flying an absolute joy. So I was very very happy with that. Particularly happy with the glances. Didn't get you, asked by security though. Are you sure you didn't get glances from the people going past because the thing's so massive? You were elbowing them as they tried <laughs> to squeeze by you. Is he still trying to do that party level in death in the skies now? What's the matter with this man? Uh, so that was good. But the rest of travel was an absolute nightmare. There was... Um, so you'll remember Copenhagen has passport control. Mm-hmm. It, like, like, it has it after the shops and after the pub. Uh, and so, you know, normally at an airport, you're like, oh, okay, great. Like, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got past the official bits now. I'm going to relax, and then I'll get to the gate. Da 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 da. Well, you, you forget in Copenhagen, and then of course, you know, because of what's happened, mm. uh, everything um, is, uh, you know, there's just an awful lot of standing around. And um, uh, there was a couple in front of us, an older woman and an older man. And the man said because uh, we were in the we weren't in the European queue obviously and he went oh all of this because of Brexit and she went 
Well, I, well, I'm glad actually. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm I knew exactly what I was voting for, and, and I, you know, <laughs> this, this is what I take. And what I didn't do, but what I wanted to do was just lean in forward, lean forward, and go. If you knew that this was what you were voting for, and you still did it, then that makes you a bigger. C- Simon I didn't say I thought it though and I thought it so hard uh, she could probably sense it um, but yeah it just annoyed me and I, 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 I knew exactly what we were voting for and you didn't yeah. well um, <laughs> how, how you, have you been? <laughs> well I've been I've, I've been fine what I was about to talk about was um, uh, you know the thing that we were talking about earlier in the week because I am sure that viewers might have liked to see my reaction to you saying <laughs> dropping <laughs> dropping that word uh, and it turns out they might be able to at some point in the future yes we we must look into that yeah hopefully uh, we will um open up our live recordings and you can hear us swear uh, before it gets deleted uh, we can do that because there is talk as well actually of us doing um a uh, doing it live on Twitch as well at some point. So mm. there we go. Lots to come. Lots to come. We should. We need to, plenty of work on our face and our manner and our professionalism <laughs> before we do any of that sort of stuff. Um, Can't wait. More details on that to come. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening to the show. Here it is. <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran and we're a video game radio show. Hello, I'm Simon Byron and I'm, I'm part of that video game radio show that Steve, was, <laughs> that Steve was referring to. Well, yeah, that's what we means. Like, I was trying to, you know, build this up as a, who's, who's going to be the next voice in the room? Who is this we? And oh, it's, it's him. you, Simon. It's oh, it's him. You. Oh, it's him. Um, They're back, know. are they? Well, it's not just us. It could also be Anne. It could be. It isn't. It isn't. Unless she's been smoking. And it could also be a super special guest. Yeah, again. We we, we must get around to sorting that new software out that's going to make our lives easier, mustn't we? Yeah, I was so sure I was going to do this this week, and I didn't. Uh, But, you know, onwards, maybe next week. Maybe next week. I'm editing next week, so uh, we will see what happens. How are you, Simon? I'm good, thanks, Steve. I missed you last week. I was in Sweden, of all places. Uh, okay. <laughs> do you know? Do you know how talking works? No. Well, I was in Sweden, of all places. I thought well, that was going to be you were going to follow up with a uh, follow up with. A, obviously, it's the first time we've ever done this, so yeah, don't hold that against. Or Simon, why were you in Sweden? Um, thanks for asking, Steve. My uh, sister got married, uh, so we flew uh, into Denmark, uh, into Copenhagen, uh, and then got the bridge across a, a trip I've taken with you many times, Steve. Mm. The murder bridge, they call it. The murder bridge. Um, 
Uh, and then straight to, yeah, and then uh, into southern Sweden, uh, which was, uh, I, I'm going to say fun. Um, mm-hmm. it, had, it had some had some friction as I texted you. Um, I've travelled with uh, two of my sisters to my to my third sister's wedding. So two of us and the families were on the flight. You know, lots of kids, lots of queuing, um, all that sort of. I was, I was very much looking forward to a beer. Um, landed in Copenhagen Airport, and what you can do there, because Denmark likes a likes a drink, uh, you can buy cans of lager to drink whilst you're waiting for your luggage. I didn't do that, but I bought them uh, as train cans. And I bought the whole family train cans, the adults, I should specify. <laughs> um, now, you, uh, we had to get two trains. One was 11 minutes long and the other was 40 minutes. I'm like, it'd be daft to rush the train can, wouldn't it? So let's wait until we're on the 40-minute train. Mm. So we travelled from Denmark to Sweden, changed trains in Sweden. Um, it was just about, we'd settled down. The kids were happy. They had their snacks. It was just about to... Uh, crack open the train can and then my wife who's canadian i don't know if you know much about canadian steve but the one thing that they that they're a fan of but perhaps the biggest thing that they're a fan of um are rules um right and okay. uh you know doing the right thing and, I, and honestly my, my 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 fingernail was under the ring pull she said <laughs> she said i'm not sure you're allowed to drink on trains in sweden and wait, so wait, wait. I, had she checked the rules for drinking on trains in denmark was she aware that you could have got this can over with in no, the 14 minutes? No, no. Uh, it, okay. it just occurred to her as, as uh, the, as the okay. finger was under okay. under the ring pull. Uh, and I was like, oh. So then, of course, you know, when you're told that by a Canadian, you have to mm. sort of look into it. So I then Googled it. Um, and uh, yeah, sure enough, you can't drink on the trains in Sweden. That wasn't enough for me, Steve. I asked the ticket collector when he came around. <laughs> I held up my can of Tuborg and I said, can I drink this? Mm. Uh, and he said no, and so I had to, I had to sit with it, cold, and get getting warmer uh, mm-hmm. for forty minutes on the train. I did genuinely consider. Um, I was travelling with my. Um, there, there was another man in the party, and we did genuinely consider sneaking off to the toilets together. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't have been the first time that I'd drunk, of course, on a toilet, but it would have been the first time I'd drunk on a toilet with another man. So, um, are you allowed to drink uh, in? You know, Toilet. in the streets, in the stations. No, in I Sweden? don't believe you are. I don't You're think not. Well, you okay. can't smoke. You can't smoke in public places over there, which is quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just booze that they've got wrong. Okay. Um, so yeah, it just. I mean, you and I have had trouble in Sweden before with uh, Nordic Games. Do you remember trying to buy something, buy some booze on a Wednesday? Oh. <laughs> Remember. We have to ask the government's permission or something. So I assume you 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 sort of bided your time and waited until you were in the church to open up. <laughs> so I did I did ask if you could drink in churches. Well, I mean, you know, it all worked out in the end actually, despite me getting being furious about this. I mean, admittedly, it was my oversight. It's over my, my oversight. I could have um, I, could, I absolutely could have necked it in eleven minutes if I'd uh, been honest with myself, and then I wouldn't have had that problem. Anyway, I bought train beers for everybody. Nobody could drink the train beers, so they then became all my hotel beers. Oh, congratulations! Thanks very much. It all worked out. Well, I've been at the cricket today. Um, are you allowed to drink at the cricket? Yes, you absolutely are. But are you allowed to drink at the cricket when you are in uh, sole custody of a three-year-old? Ooh, well. Mm, and you're drinking, you know, alcopopish things that you know as soon as you open, she'll be like, can I have some of that? And you'll have to explain. 
cautiously, no, this is a, it's my drink. And then she'd be like, but I share with you. This, this, so, just, this just makes daddy feel better. <laughs> just takes away the edge. Um, so uh, similarly, uh, I had to wait until the the final session of the day after her mum had come and picked her up from the Oval uh, to quickly race through the three cans that I'd had in my <laughs> in my bag, slowly getting warmer <laughs> throughout the afternoon. Uh, but it was a lovely day. It was a it was a it was a nice day at the cricket today. Um, have you played many games, Steve? I have played a number of games over the last uh, couple of weeks because we weren't here last week. And uh, yeah, I've I've been playing some video games, some old and some new. I haven't decided which ones I'm going to talk about later. I've also found some news stories, and we have had some letters as well. We've had a new letter writer this week, so uh, we'll have a letters section that is full to the brim of user-generated content as well. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. And you know, we'll also catch up on all the other things that have happened, including Marioki and future events maybe we'll chat about develop as well which is coming up um but yeah it's all it's all game content from here assuming simon can hear me i can hear you steve let's get on with the news Simon, how many news stories have you found for us this week? I believe the number this week, Steve, is six. That is loads. I've got three-ish. So why don't you start and uh, we'll see how many of these overlap. Videogameschronicle.com writes Andy Robinson. uh, The Nintendo Direct expected to take place next week will reportedly focus on third-party games. That's according to experienced journalist Nacho Requena, editor of the Spanish games magazine Manual, who told viewers during a Twitch stream on Friday that he had been told to expect new announcements from major publishers. We should have a Nintendo Direct this coming Tuesday, Requena said during the live stream translated by VGC. This will mainly be focused on third-party games. That's what I've been told to expect. I've also been told that some Persona game will be present, though I don't know which game they added. I've also been told there will be another game that has been available for some time on other platforms. It's been available for four years now. So, <laughs> Steve, what's... what's uh, what? Switch port will be announced between this show being aired on Resonance FM, the greatest radio station in the world, and the podcast on Wednesday. Four years. I I have absolutely no idea. Also, I have so much ambivalence towards any Nintendo Direct that focuses around third-party titles because generally, I think we discussed this before, it's usually games that I've already played or rejected the chance to play on Steam, which is, you know, it's great to have, uh, you know, the opportunity to bring those games to a wider audience and in a slightly different form, obviously. Handheld is different, although not for those of you who have Steam decks. But personally, um, I'm, I buy Nintendo consoles basically for the Nintendo content. So this is a bit disappointing, Simon, unless you're going to blow my mind by telling me the game that I've been waiting four years to come out on <laughs> a handheld device is... I'd- I don't think you're going to be moved. Uh, the rumour is, Steve, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming to Switch. 
okay, cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I am completely ambivalent about that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people will be super excited, and you know, like it's not to undercut the uh, the value in getting games like that out to people whose only gaming platform is that. But for me, you know, the purpose of buying a Switch was not for third-party titles, really. It was for the Nintendo games, which are the exciting things. And for F-Zero, it's always never F-Zero. The irony for me, Steve, is that this week I bought two copies of Red Dead Redemption 2. (laughs) I bought it it twice. I bought it on Steam twice. Okay. Why Why is that? Well, Dexter has uh, been wanting to play it. Um, He enjoys uh, online on uh, one of the consoles, but he was interested in getting uh, the story experience. So, you know, I bided my time. I waited for the Steam sale that I knew was coming. Um, Actually, uh, it went on discount the week before the Steam sale. Uh, So I snapped it up for £27. I dropped Dexter a quick WhatsApp, said... um, uh, Red Dead's in the uh, Steam library. He went, it isn't. I said, it is. I'm, <laughs> I uh, bought it. He went, I can't see it. So I did some some uh, Googling myself. Uh, turns out that uh, Red Dead Redemption, along with many other games, is excluded from family sharing. Okay. Why is that? Well, because they're greedy, aren't they? <laughs> I was, oh, yeah, um, that's, that's the obvious answer, Simon. I was but... astonished. Yeah, um, Grand Theft Auto Five uh, is is banned from family sharing. Now you could argue they've banned it to stop me sharing it with my thirteen year old who shouldn't be playing these games. <laughs> <laughs> they're not family friendly games. <laughs> well, they, they aren't. They aren't, are they? But no. But then that meant that um, Dexter had to buy it for himself on his own account. Oh, poor Dexter! And when you say that, it said that you said that you've bought two. So oh. did he buy it for himself? Well, the longer story is he had his Steam account hacked and then got banned. So he set up another another one. And in between all of that happening, uh, it turns out that his his old account was reinstated and he had previously bought it on the pre on the other one. Uh, And so I had to buy it for him on his on his old one rather than his new one, which meant that then when he had his credit given back, he bought me Ghostwire Tokyo. That's nice of him, isn't it? Well, I, well, that's the you know, the, you say it's greedy of them to turn off family sharing, but this sounds like it's a, a decision that's brought your family closer together. Well, exactly, and it further um, illustrates the simplicity of digital ownership in inverted <laughs> commas, doesn't it? Uh, that's annoying because I was just looking at the story that I was going to read, uh, and I declined to read out another story about PlayStation Plus and people being confused about what's on there and what isn't. In favour of this next one, uh, maybe we'll come back to the PS Plus thing. Sonic Orange, <laughs> Sonic Oranges, Sonic Origins developer is very unhappy with Sega and the final version of the game. This is uh, according to Dom Pepiat on VG Twenty Four Seven. Head Cannon founder Simon Tomley has spoken out about the release version of Sonic Origins, and he's not happy. Are you aware of this, Simon? It was news story number two, Steve. Was it? We're so in tune. Um, thread of tweets from Headcanon founder Simon Thornley gives us a little bit of insight into how the game launched in the condition that it did, and people have not been happy. 
Thomley says this. I think I've pronounced his name like three different ways already. You are bound to land on it at some point. I won't lie and say that there weren't issues, double negative, in what we gave to Sega. But what is in Origins is also not what we turned in, says Tomley in the thread. Integration introduced some wild bugs that conventional logic would have one believe were our responsibility, hyphen or M-dash. A lot of them aren't. Regarding Origins, we were outsiders. Renegades, if you will. I added that bit. Creating a separate project that was then wrangled into something entirely different. We knew going in there'd be a major time crunch. We worked ourselves into the ground to meet it, just so this would even be made and released. Wow, this is a long tweet thread. Tomley concedes that the headcanon team did make some actual mistakes, as well as some overlooking, some rush jobs, some stuff we noticed but weren't allowed to correct. (laughs) But goes on to note that Sega's portion of development introduced more bugs that weren't in the build provided by headcanon. As a result, while they were asked to make some major fixes toward launch, they were told they couldn't action them because of the way submission works. I'm extremely proud of my team for their performance under such pressure. Every one of us is very unhappy about the state of Origins and even the Sonic 3 component. We weren't too thrilled about its pre-submission state either, but a lot of this was beyond our control. Wow. Simon, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think that uh, they'll be working with Sega again. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like they're in a difficult position, right? Because... On the one hand, they have to say, you know, what they believe is uh, is the truth, which is, hey, Sega, this wasn't all our fault. On the other hand, it's not a great look for them in light of any publisher wanting to work with them, saying, lads, the publisher dropped us in it here. It's all on them. Uh, it, <laughs> it's not a it's not a great look for anybody uh, in this in this world. So, yeah, interesting use of Twitter. When you um yeah is that is that an industry phrase not what we turned in? It does sound a bit like yeah. <laughs> Say this, lads. Do what you can. It's not great. <laughs> if I'm being honest, there's a lot of problems with it. <laughs> but do your best, lads. Do your best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck to everyone involved. Yeah. Uh, talking of good luck to everybody involved, uh, this is that. I mean, that's not even a, like an like an appropriate segue, Steve. Uh, but I'm going to push on. Chris Pratt has said his voice in the Super Mario movie will be unlike anything ever heard in a Super Mario product. Speaking to <laughs> Variety, Pratt explained that his voice won't be an exact imitation of Charles Martinet, typical Mario voice, but instead will be updated. I worked really closely with the directors and trying out a few things and landed on something that I'm really proud of and can't wait for people to see and hear, he said. It's an animated voiceover narrative. It's not a live action movie. I'm not going to be wearing a plumber suit running all over. I'm providing a voice for an animated character and it's updated and unlike anything you've heard in the Mario world before. So, Steve, can we have some speculation? And what's that going <laughs> to be like? I was like, oh, so I was thinking, maybe after Simon's finished, we could do impressions of what we think it's going to be like. Exactly. And then I thought, I thought that's going to end in disaster. <laughs> Potentially us getting cancelled. Um, it sounds to me like Chris Pratt there is setting expectations. It contains 
all of the things that I would say if I was very worried about the internet shortly judging me for something. E.g., I'm very proud of what I've achieved. You can't hurt me, Twitter. You can't hurt me. Whatever you're going to inevitably say about how ridiculous this sounds. You can't hurt me, Twitter. (laughs) It's a me. (laughs) You've just done Bob Hoskins there. (laughs) There you go. Thanks, Steve. Maybe I could be an impressionist. Um, uh, do you think that's the right strategy then? Like, because uh, basically he's uh, that he's potentially being uh, berated twice. When if he'd mm. said nothing, he could only have been berated once. I think with the internet, it is probably best to get your apology in first, and then when they're shouting at you, uh, you can just direct them to your previous statement and say, "Look, lads, I said." that I've done my best and I'm proud of it and sure it's not what you want it to be because it's not Charles Martinet which honestly it probably should have been um, but it is what it is anyway I'm going off to make another proper movie uh, I don't know maybe it's going to be really I mean people ended up liking Sonic didn't they despite everything despite everything uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie has now grossed over 400 million globally. 400 million dollars so globally. much. In under three months. The live action sequel, which was co produced by Sega and Paramount Pictures, debuted in selected markets on March the 30th. Writes VideoGamesChronicle.com, Tom Ivan. Uh, the film is currently the fifth highest grossing video game adaptation of all time. And as it's still showing in cinemas, it looks set to overtake. Sony's Uncharted movie, which was released in January. It's Steve Curran's Fast Three. <laughs> Steve, what, Steve, what are the other three? Um, okay. The three higher grossing video game adaptation movies. A Tomb Raider. Uh, Is one. a Tomb Raider in that? It's not, but that's one that's one answer. Okay. Um the other Sonic one? The the, the Sonic one that's happened? No. Nope. The, the, well they've both happened now. Um, okay. What is a game? Uh, <laughs> was if it there a movie you... of, well, of sensible it... soccer? <laughs> no, that's three out of three wrong, Steve. Uh-uh. It's hard, isn't it, when somebody just asks you to uh, name some things? No, I like it, though. I'm, Do you? I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's really making me excited about delivering a fast five for you later in the show. <laughs> we haven't got time. <laughs> we haven't got time because we're too busy doing Steve Curran's Fast Three. Oh, okay. Uncharted. No, I mentioned Hitman, that. that was a movie. It was a movie. It's not Street in the top Fighter, three. Street Fighter, that was no. a movie. It was. Multiple it was Kombat's a movie, a movie. No. Okay. Um, uh, Mario. Has been a movie before. Yep, it's not in the top three highest grossing. If it helps, here's, here's a clue. I'd forgotten about all three of these movies. Had <laughs> you? Um, okay. Uh, you tell me. Okay. Uh, so the third highest uh, grossing video game adaptation currently, Steve, is Rampage. What? Second I would high- never have got that. No. Never have got that. The second highest grossest, grossest grossing uh, is Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I mean, that is one of those things that people knew existed for about a week and then has been entirely forgotten by everybody. Finally, Steve, 
top grossing video game adaptation of all time is mm. Warcraft. Oh, right. Again. Yeah. Uh, Duncan Jones made that. Yep. Yeah. I, d- I don't know anyone that has seen it. No, uh, absolutely not. I don't know anyone who's seen Detective Pikachu either. I don't know anyone who I know who would know that Rampage existed. <laughs> so I'm okay with not getting any of those. Wow. Well, j- just goes to show, Steve, there's a whole world out there that's not us. <laughs> you thought. You wouldn't know, would you? Um, all right, let's do the uh, let's do the PlayStation Plus story because I continue to be bemused by this uh, confusion reigns, which is never a, <laughs> a headline that you want your product to be involved in. Uh, confusion reigns over PlayStation Plus Premium's classics catalogue, uh, writes Connor Macar on VG Twenty Four Seven. Okay, Simon, here we go. Earlier this week, Sony launched the new PlayStation Plus tiers, including PlayStation Essential, PlayStation Extra, and PlayStation Premium. More expensive options provided players with an expanded library of free games. However, the games present across each tier have left some confused. According to the official announcement in March of this year, the PlayStation Plus update offers various titles for download, depending on what version of subscription subscription version you get. For PlayStation Extra owners, a catalogue of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games are available. If you go all the way to PS Premium, a catalogue of beloved classic games are available in streaming and download options. The difference have left some looking over what games are available, scratching their heads. For example... The PlayStation 4 remake of Medieval is one of the games present in the extra catalogue, where the Mafia, while the Mafia remake is featured in the premium selection, where PlayStation Classics were meant to be. Uh, a guy on Reddit, usually Luke Kid, brings up additional titles that are placed oddly. Why are games like Saints Row Remastered and Demon's Souls Remake in extra, but Bioshock and The Last of Us Remake in premium? It makes no sense to me. I really wanted to play Bioshock, but I can't because it's in premium. So yes, if only, I mean, if, if only there was a way of getting premium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quite. Um, it does sound bewildering, though, uh, to me as someone external to all of this system. Do you have a, a handle or a feeling on how all of this is organised? Yeah, I. Um, so I stacked a PlayStation Now three-month code uh, mm-hmm. with my previous PlayStation Plus subscription in order to qualify for six months worth of the top tier Uh, and so I loaded it up on Tuesday or Wednesday when it launched scrolled through it saw that Metal Gear Solid 4 isn't in there uh, and then (laughs) shut it down again um, and then wondered how they define most enjoyable or most beloved because surely Metal Gear Solid 4 would be in both of those categories (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah so yeah I now regret buying a three-month PlayStation Now subscription in order to open up a world which I will I will never enter. I don't see. Oh, that, actually, no, that said, I mean, and again, I don't quite understand the who's, the what's, the where's, but Annapurna's cat game is launching mm. into that. Uh, so I, I do want to play that, and, and so I will be playing it via that and saving some money. It sounds to me like it's... A good option for someone who just casually wants a feed of games to play and doesn't really care about games. In I don't mean doesn't care about games, but doesn't care about specific games. In the same way as 
Netflix is a good subscription model for someone who just wants a load of stuff and goes on and finds something to watch and isn't looking for anything specific. Um, And that is how a lot of people consume games these days, I think. But if you are someone who is really invested in video games and cares about specific genres or specific titles, then, yeah, it it feels like you're constantly going to get a feeling of... what should I be subscribing to? What should I have? Oh, I want that, actually. Uh, like, just constantly annoyed that this thing isn't in there. Um, and yeah, at that point, you're probably best getting off a subscription to something that's a little bit crisper and a little bit more easy to understand, uh, I think. Yeah, and it's this mixture of downloading and streaming and you know all of this sort of stuff, uh, mm. which is a bit confusing. Um, a couple of other news stories I was going to mention... Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic launched on Nintendo Switch on the 8th of June. Uh, uh, last Wednesday, the uh, the publisher, um, Aspir, Aspir has offered a workaround for a game-breaking bug in the Switch version of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. The game, which was released, includes a crash which occurs after the Basilisk crash cutscene when landing on Onderon, blocking further progression. For now, our suggested workaround is to walk past the point where the game crashes using the cheats menu, Aspir said on Wednesday. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that's, um, that's, that's a piece of advice, isn't it? You can't finish the game you bought, so use a cheat menu. Um, and the other one was, this is an extraordinary story. Bungie is seeking uh, over $7.6 million in damages from a Destiny YouTuber who allegedly impersonated the company in order to issue a series of bogus DMCA strikes against fellow content creators. The studio said in March that it was investigating a series of copyright takedowns on YouTube that had not originated from the company or its partners. Later that month, it filed a lawsuit claiming that John Doe's had used a hole in YouTube's DMCA process security to impersonate the studio and sabotage the work of destiny content creators wow uh last uh, in a revision of the original complaint which was spotted by the gamer post the defendant has been named as nick minor aka youtuber lord nanzo last december the youtube channel of lord nanzo was issued a takedown notice after publishing music from the original soundtrack for destiny expansion the taken king uh, which bungie said infringed copyrights and violated his policy on fan use of intellectual property rather than remove the video minor is alleged to have left it online until youtube deleted in january bungie claims that seemingly in retaliation minor created fake gmail accounts in order to pose as a studio's brand and protection vendor csc and send out a wave of fraudulent takedown notices targeting videos posted by members of the destiny Destiny community, including my name is BYF, uh, or Bife, uh, and then other names I can't pronounce. Um, uh, and then there's some tweets where uh, he's part of the community. So um, Owen Spence um, says on Twitter, extremely disappointed to find out that Lord Nazo, our friend and someone in direct communication with us about the takedowns, was the person who issued the fake DMCA takedowns wow. on behalf of Bungie. <laughs> Dot, 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 it's Rebe- Rebecca Vardy's account. <laughs> it's a, it's a isn't proper it? unmasking, isn't it? Isn't it? Wow. Uh, Nazo lied to us, started a Discord group DM with me, Promethean Breshi and Lorcan OC, and then said things like this while acting like he was a victim. I feel <laughs> lied to, betrayed, and unbelievably upset that someone we knew and trusted would do this. Crikey, it's all been kicking off, isn't so it? So there's the dude, the, you know, the dude accused of this, Nanzo, Lord Nanzo. Lord uh, is that a, is he actually a lord? <laughs> well, surely. Actually, I, I don't know whether he's got a blue tick. 
There is a conservative sitting in the yeah. House of Lords. Um, Just they've got a lot of time. Um, is he? Uh, so has he responded? Maybe. Has he made a statement? That is not evident in this story on videogameschronicle.com. Okay. Uh, so okay. we'll have to leave that wow. open. And if we remember, we'll come back to it. But blimey, eh? <laughs> That's incredible. I mm. imagine. I imagine that if you know this is true, and if this is. Uh, the work of someone like that. Can you imagine what would have gone through that? Because at the start, you'd be like, "I've got an idea. This is going to be really funny. I could, I could do this." And then when it starts working out, wow, the euphoria, like of creating a Gmail account and just managing to get these things taken down, and doing it to your mates in a kind of, <laughs> they'll never, I'll be the, <laughs> they'll never suspect me, <laughs> Lord whoever. Mm. Uh, I'm a lord, you know. If it was the lord, and then I imagine the emotional payoff of being found out, and then being sued for how much? Seven point seven million dollars. That is probably not worth the emotional high of this working out. I would say, wow. Let's not do it then, eh? I was thinking, you know, while they were. Detailing this, this is quite a good idea, isn't it? What if we were the only video game podcast? <laughs> well, <laughs> check your inboxes, uh, other ones. <laughs> all right, is that all the news? That's all the news. Thanks, Simon. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. We are also a podcast. If you want to listen to the radio show, you can stream that on the internet. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can do the same. And you can find it at www.onelifeleft.com. There you'll also see the show notes that have been kindly put together by our undercaretaker, Phil, who uh, this week almost beat my score on Golfy. 
Oh, I see. Yes, I saw this. Well, you know, it's nice to see a bit of healthy competition going on in the Discord. You, it worked, didn't it, for you when you <laughs> WhatsApp me in all caps and said, "See you on the leaderboard," and then, sure enough, you did see me on the leaderboard, twenty well, places above you. I, well, I didn't see you on the leaderboard. I saw you on the Discord, bragging about being above me on the on the leaderboard because you were far too high up. Yeah, I try and get my golf feed daily runs in early, uh, mm. and I've still I've still never been top. Mm. Um, but I do I do enjoy it so. Uh, I, I yeah I cannot stop playing it. So well, nice to see. Let's see you on there. If you want to engage in that kind of inter-show banter, you can join our Discord uh, where. The listeners of One Life Left and some of the contributors and us hang out. You can do that by joining the Discord. You can find the link to that. I think it's on our Twitter profile. It's certainly in the show notes that Phil, our undercaretaker, uploads. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Uh, do we have any other business to deal with in this section of the show? I do not think so. I do not think so. Let's get on with the letters. Right, I'm opening the Discord, the mailbag section, uh, where our digitally inclined listeners uh, write to us. Uh, If you're sort of not digitally inclined, you can send us a letter, courtesy of Resonance, although I don't know how they... Well, they haven't forwarded any posts to us recently, have they? Must be too heavy. It must be (laughs) uneconomical to ship. Um, uh, yeah, yes. talking of which, uh, I don't believe we've got any in the email uh, in really? the last two weeks. I don't think so. There's an awful lot of press releases, um, but I cannot see. Uh, I'm sure I saw one. Yeah, read, read one out from the Discord while I have a poke around. Well, we have a we have a few on the Discord. Go on then. Um, did we do this one last time? This is complicated. This was sent on the 16th of June. Which is then, after. No, no yep. so, okay, good. Right, uh, good evening, gents. Good evening. <laughs> good evening to you, the sound bomber. I've always approached gaming in the same way I approach all aspects of my life and will choose the path of least resistance. If there's an easy mode, I'm playing on easy mode, with the single exception of FIFA, because let's be honest, no one's going to get anything from winning every game they play 10 0. But with all its hype, a part of me is intrigued by Elden Ring. I've never played any of the Souls games. I don't enjoy punishing games or having to repeatedly play the same part of a game over and over. So guys, give it to me straight. Am I really going to enjoy the best game ever? Or will it end up going straight on eBay? I'm certainly not buying digital. What do you think, Simon? Yep, cut out the middle, man. Uh, Sell it on eBay before you buy it and then just ship it straight (laughs) to... The person that is buying it from you. Uh, I completely agree. I've, yeah, I've been thinking this myself a lot recently. On, on games where you can, obviously, I, I dipped in and out of Elden Ring and, and realised very, very quickly that it wasn't for me. But on other games where uh, they are becoming a, a huge range of accessibility options, there are many that you can just adjust uh, all sorts of gameplay parameters. And the one that I now unashamedly uh will look for is um uh auto uh, aim aim lock and mm-hmm. if it has a uh a slider for how much you want it to lock on i want it to lock on all the way baby <laughs> so so um i'm doing that uh, a little bit with uh, death loop 
And then as I was setting up, as I was seeing how Red Dead ran on the Steam Deck, um, I downloaded it using the hotel Wi-Fi and got banned, got my got my device banned. It's 120 <laughs> gigs. <laughs> Thanks, Sweden. Um, <laughs> I had to find another way to to, uh, to provide internet to my family because we got kicked off. Um, but yeah, I was playing with that, and that's got options. That's like, you know, like, yep, I, what I want to do is pull the le- pull the left trigger, lock on, and pull the right trigger to shoot. So, um, yeah, I am with you, the sound bomber. So I was, you know, similarly to Simon, and as anyone who's listened to the show for a while will know, that I've tried again and again to get into the sort of Soulsborne games, and have never really, really managed it. With Elden Ring, I felt compelled to do it partly because of reviews like parko's calling it the best game ever um that i felt like i should i played it for a little while and then thought this isn't for me and then i went back in i ended up sticking around about i think 40 hours or something into the game and for parts of that 40 hours um i think you can do that thing right where you play a game for long enough and you can convince yourself you're enjoying it like you can commit to a game and there's very few games I've found that I can't convince myself that I'm enjoying it. And so it was with, with Dark Souls that there were periods in playing it where I was like, I can't wait to play this again. I'm really, really excited to go back to this. And there's no doubting it's beautiful. Uh, it's narratively smart and interesting and different. It doesn't feel like just playing another D&D game. And if you, like me, don't like boss battles, that's probably the end of it. Because I don't like boss battles, and ultimately the thing that drove me away was I explored the whole world, I saw so much, but found myself running away from most of the pinch points that uh, bully you into these combat moments with huge creatures that require, and this is the game, you going at that combat moment again and again and again and again, and ultimately you win, and I beat a few of them, and yeah, you feel this moment of euphoria, euphoria, but for me that moment of euphoria is not worth the hour that you put into it and the repetition. And so, uh, as an exploration game, I loved it. Like, genuinely like saw so much and some of that sticks in my head. And part of me wants to go back and keeps telling myself, oh, but you chose a boring character, you, you, you know, a wizardy type, just firing at things from range. And maybe if you tried something else it would be more interesting but I'm not convinced by that I think I just want to love it and so you know the short answer is I think that you'll be the same and I think that you will find yourself convincing yourself and after 16 or 17 hours you'll give up and you'll put it on eBay whether or not that is worth the you know 10 quid deficit you'll make from that cycle I don't know good luck with it though whatever Uh, it is that you choose to do We have a letter from Germany, from Matt Patterson. Hello team, hello impossible SSG, he says. All this talk of sports games got cheap from car boot sales reminds me of the one time I tried this. I always enjoyed watching American football on Channel 4 as a kid and picked up a second-hand copy of Madden 2015 to see if I'd like that too. I found the crunching sound effects and constant brutal tackling so off-putting that I won't even watch the Super Bowl anymore. And this was before all the, before all the, all the players get massive brain trauma stuff that became really widely known. What sports or other job tie-in video games have prompted you to swear off the real-life version? Uh, cheers from Cologne, Matt. It's interesting. 
That's a great question. I don't think I've got any comparable experience, but um, crikey, I'm sorry to hear that I'm yeah. put you off something you enjoyed. I mean, has a, a sniper elite put you off? Because you're the sniper no. elite expert. So put you off anything? I still love it in real life, Steve. <laughs> so that's the most gruesome thing. I saw a video of how they made the sound effects for that. Did you? Yeah, lots of melons. Right. Sort of cracking open melons. Crikey. Uh, yes, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that they use melons and not um, <laughs> not the real thing. There's one more letter in the Discord, isn't there? Yeah. Do you want to do it? Third prize wrote, Dear team and SSG, I've started listening to the show again after a couple of years off. Glad to hear you're still broadcasting on the radio, even though I only catch the music-free podcast version. Boo! It was good to hear Anne's Uncharted review the other week as I was wondering where she'd got to. I played through Uncharted 4 again while in lockdown and thoroughly enjoyed it. The thought did cross my mind that if you took out all your deaths and just edited together a perfect run-through, that would make a good film in itself. Dare I say it, better than the one that they did make. Can you think of any other films where a perfect run-through would make... So any other games... Uh, I think um, uh, where a perfect run through would make a good film, something with actual plot and character progression. Sean. Well, the obvious answer there, Sean, is Metal Gear Solid, uh, which <laughs> at times has felt like get a game getting in the way of Kojima's cutscenes. And but would I dare it make say, a good film? Oh, cut. It'd make a very cool film, Steve. <laughs> make a very long film. It would make a very long film. With the Even I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? That that, like Sean points points out there, that games are essentially repetition um, and padding out an experience too far too long. In my experience, I think that a lot of people would answer The Last of Us, and I would, I would similarly respond with, "Would that be a good film or not?" <laughs> Uh, we were talking about God of War, weren't we? About how that's uh, framed as a single cut. Uh, yep. So that seems like a good candidate there. And I've heard very, very good things about the plot in there. And similarly, you know, I, I would love to be able to see more of the world of Dark Souls. Uh, I don't mean Dark Souls, do I? Elden Ring, uh, without having to actually play it. So I guess now we're talking to kind of YouTube. I think a half-hour version of Limbo uh, would be a a really great gothic cartoon. Oh, uh, that um that uh, beautiful beautiful platformer from last year, what was that called? Gree. Yeah, would be a fabulous animation again with all of the gameplay stuff cut out. Uh What about something that's predominantly gameplay though, Simon? Like we, we like if we can move away from the cutscene thing. What could you make a, a movie of? Or seemingly anything this these days judging by the top 3 highest grossing movies. We could do a Zidane-style <laughs> movie of just a character in FIFA, just close up, uh, something. It's really interesting. I wonder whether you can imply the personality of a lead character without having uh, the cutscenes in there. I don't know what the answer is, but I think no, it's a it's, great it's question. A very, very great question, and uh, I just want to clarify, when I say that the game's gameplay getting in the way of the cutscenes, that's not to say that the gameplay is not enjoyable in Metal Gear Solid, because it really is. Arguably more enjoyable than the cutscenes. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Great. Thank you very much for your Discord uh, letters uh, over the last couple of weeks. Please do keep them coming. Uh, email them to us at team at onelifeleft.com. 
or keep them coming to the Discord. And who knows, we might give some prizes out, might we? There was some con- there was some discussion <laughs> about the prizes going on the Discord as well, which made me smile. So thank you for that. We're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. I've just had a... <laughs> I've just had an email from Epic Games entitled... Oh, yeah? What do they want with you? Well, it says... It says... The, the title is Parental Permission for an Epic Games Account. Um, and the, the email begins, Dear Parent, fair okay. enough. And then it goes on to say, Your child, brackets, age 10, close brackets, has an Epic Games account. What a way to break this to me. Crikey, Steve. Which is used to play Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys. We've become aware of your child's age. We have temporarily restricted their access. Wow! You've well, just I've become been... a, you've become aware of your child's existence. <laughs> shall, I, shall I write back to them and tell them? Tell them? Wow! I don't know. One assumes this is. Oh my goodness! It's been sent at six fifty-six and at six fifty-seven. So someone's urgently trying to. I guess they've used my email address. My slightly common um, Gmail address to try and register account which has just been locked. How interesting. There we go. Sorry about that ten year old. Sorry. Shall I just grant them permission? Is that ethical? Yeah, I mean what harm can it do a ten year old? Um, I had a couple, there was somebody trying to log into my Facebook account uh, on the 23rd of June. Uh, I got a fair number of Facebook account recovery codes. There's a guy from Dubai. Sorry. Are we being taught? Well, are we being targeted? Well, maybe. There's a guy from Dubai who's using my email address as his um, cell phone account um, email address. And uh, I get his bills and his information. And do you know how when I went to the United States last time that I got stopped on immigration and asked a lot of questions about my email address? Right. I'm wondering whether it's to do with that. Um, and the only Who's thing it? I... I can Who's this do. person ringing? Well, I don't know. I don't see the call logs, but I wonder... Oh, that's a shame. Is it ethical for me to just go in there and cancel their account? Because that's the only option I have, is to, you know, stop this, just to stop their phone. I don't know what to do. I tried well, I tried using the help thing, but it was just a help bot, and it didn't understand any of my questions. Blimey. Uh, mm. My wife also got an email from Bobby Zamora uh, on Saturday, uh, the footballer, who she, who she paid... Um, £30 for, for a birthday video for me um, in n- November right? Uh, and he sent her an email going hey there it's been a while <laughs> and he... <laughs> he says we we of course already know each other from when we made a memo together so I'll skip the intros if you want to relive the good memories you can watch the video again here just wanted to drop, right. like, drop, drop in and let you know I'm still available <laughs> cheers Bobby Surely he knows when it's your birthday, so... I would have thought so, yeah. I don't know. Well, there Look we go. forward to that. All right. Um, any other business? We're not going to do a Simon Byron's Fast Five. We haven't got time, Steve. I made sure of that. Thank you, Bobby Zamora. So let's do the reviews. Right, Simon, what have you been playing this week? Well, I am making good progress with Deathloop, Steve. Uh, I have two more visionary um, uh, trials or plots to track and then and then hopefully I'll be going for the 
for the big reveal. I've been mostly enjoying it enormously. There have been a couple of missions, particularly the party mission, uh, which is is getting me a bit annoyed. I've had to go on to the internet and look at guides and tips and all of this sort of stuff. And of course, you know, it being an arcane game, there's many, many, many ways to approach each level. So I've been finding some shortcuts and some stuff like that. I finally did that mission this afternoon, Steve. So that was super happy, uh, super pleased about that because it was getting right on my nerves. I was beginning to have dreams about it. Um, now, as a palate cleanser, though, I have been playing uh, Fire Girl DX. Um, have you heard I've of this? I've never heard of this. I do not know what this is. It's an, so it was a game that came out on PC uh, towards the end of last year, and I loved the look of it. It's an it's a it's a side on um, platformer, but with uh, so it, like essentially a two D a two D platformer, but with three D visuals. You, so the you know the screen's got depth to it. I love a game with fire in it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it's it's all, it's it's got a really distinctive look, uh, old style gameplay. Um, evidently uh it didn't land particularly well because um the dx version was released on consoles this week and the pc version upgraded to it also 50 percent off in the steam sale currently so um i finally got around to playing it and uh early days it's a so it's a, it's a procedurally generated fire game in which you go and uh put out fires or or, or kill fire beasts um in these infernos in buildings rescue people um you get the community to support you uh and then you upgrade your firehouse etc etc unlocking new equipment etc um uh you need to get in and get out it has it reminds me of the swindle which i adore it's not as good as the swindle um but similar thing um in that uh, you need to get in and get out uh do as much as you can in there um I don't know what the original version was like, so I can't compare what the improvements are. Um, I find it a little bit fiddly um, on the in terms of the um, uh, the viewpoints quite close, so you often miss. Uh, you can you can you sort of zoom up using your hose and sort of go into something that was just just out of frame. Um, but actually, once you learn to appreciate its. Um, its pace um it becomes uh, a fun game to play so yeah i'm thoroughly enjoying it runs pretty well on the steam deck um after you sort your resolution out uh so yeah it's been a nice palette cleanser as they say from death loop uh last couple of weeks uh so seven out of ten i have been playing two games that are quite similar in nature uh one of them is called freshly frosted have you heard of that I've not heard of Freshly Frosted. And the other one is called Please Fix the Road. Have you heard of that? Oh, uh, all the cool kids are playing Please Fix the Road. Are they? They are, are they? yeah. Your Parkos, your Stuarts. That's really interesting. So, uh, Parko and, and Stuart, uh, both veteran games journalists, but I would uh, I would fancy my chances uh, at besting in them. A, in, a, in a fight? In a in a please fix the road off okay. uh, in a uh, in a competition a skill and knowledge based competition set around these types of games because these are puzzle tile based puzzle games which is kind of my genre um, so I picked them both up without knowing anything about them because I saw them on Steam and uh, was looking something like that so uh, freshly frosted you have a you work in a donut factory 
and uh, there is a place where the donuts come out, and then there are machines that put, for example, the frosting on, and the sprinkles, and the cream, and the jam, and you have to construct a conveyor belt that snakes around the room and uh, takes the donuts past these machines and then arrives in the exit point. Uh, and slowly these puzzles get harder and harder and then new aspects are introduced, for example. There are two places where the donuts come out, similarly. That kind of thing. Um, it's really beautifully presented. I think that the controls are, in laying out these these conveyor belts, are slightly... It's intuitive enough for me to understand exactly what I was doing and to to uh, know and feel the right buttons straight away. So it's certainly intuitive. But it's slightly more cumbersome than the sort of... Uh, generally the way these games act are uh, is you do a move and then you can undo that move. Uh, so you sort of stack moves and then you can rewind. And here it doesn't really work like that. You lay out your conveyor belt and then you can kind of alter it and it's a little bit... feels a little bit laborious. Similarly, the sort of sense of the logic evolving didn't really click with me in a similar way to... Um, you, do you know Cosmic Express game? Yep, yep. Uh, which I, is the only one of his games that I didn't really get on with. Like, I love A Good Snowman, uh, and I love A Curious... Wait, A Monster's Expedition, and... Um, and soccer bond, and all, uh, soccer bond. but it, this kind of snaking around, it doesn't mentally uh, click with me, and I don't find it as satisfying when you solve it. Uh, still, I think there are people who loved Cosmic Express, and if you love that, I, I'm sure you will enjoy this too. It is beautifully polished. Um, similarly, uh, the Please Fix the Road, I picked up for exactly the same reason, and it's, it's very, very... Uh, uh, similar in that you've got cars who start on one side of the map, they've got to get to another side of the map, and you build the road for them. And initially, that's with by building road pieces, but ultimately, again, section by section, that changes. So sometimes you are copying bits of the road and dropping it. Sometimes you are deleting bits of the road. Um, and these tools, you build up these tools in your arsenal, and slowly the puzzles become more complicated. I felt like this was... Uh, <laughs> Like, the systems in this that construct the levels were were great. I didn't feel like the actual level design was on a par with some of the puzzles that I see in, in um, Alan Hazeldon's games, for example, that really milk everything out of these uh, tools that the designers have built. It felt like they were more interested in giving you new tools than squeezing the most out of, uh, out of the dynamics that they'd built. And as such, I felt kind of rushed into the, the the new things and never really got them. However, what I would say is it is astonishingly beautiful. Like, it's really, really beautifully executed. Like, I, I, I'm in awe of the satisfaction that's built into all of this, except in one point, one weirdly ludicrous design decision, which I do not get, which is this. You have a car that needs to get to a destination or an animal or a whatever else, uh, and you build the road, right? And at that moment, it should be the moment of celebration and validation where everything works out and you see the car making its way around this path or the cars or whatever else, you know, they move around and then they get to their destination and something happens, right? Fireworks go off or whatever. But instead, what happens is the car flies in the air, tumbles and bursts into flames and that's it. And it feels like, why did I do this? Like, why did I... I haven't made anyone happy. I've caused chaos. 
And I think that would be funny to happen maybe one time in a hundred. But really, I should be looking for something that validates my precious and fragile little heart and tells me I've done a good thing. Uh, The the interstitial things where the puzzles fold up or unveil themselves or appear on screen are just amazing, like beautiful. Uh, I think that sort of payoff is such a curious design thing. Anyway, they're both good puzzle games, and if you like that sort of thing, you'll like this. Seven out of ten. Sevens out of tens all round. Uh, Good. I think we're up against it, Steve. We're always up against it, Simon. Um, Nice to see you. Uh, So hopefully there'll be a show next week. Um, I will be broadcasting from somewhere else, somewhere that's not the shed. Um, But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get that working. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed to speak to you then. Excited to see. But until then... Goodbye! Bye! Bye. <laughs>